Good evening, and uh, thank you for making it, making the effort to be here with us tonight. We uh, we look forward to a uplifting night, a night of uh, praise for our Lord. My brothers and I, we welcome you to this, the house of the Lord tonight. This is a place where God and Jesus Christ are, where they reign and we revere and worship them. Tonight our pianist is Sister Lola Brown, and we want to thank her for sharing her talents with us. I know that uh, it's not easy doing what she's doing, and uh, I, I have uh, I witnessed my own household at that point, and so we thank you for your uh, effort, Sister. For those that uh, may not know the uh, gentleman on the rostrum, or for those of you who hear the recording at some later date, I would like to introduce the uh, fellows up here on the rostrum with me. The uh, invocation we brought by Elder Harry Williams, the message by Priest Matt Hakes, the benediction by Teacher Mark Colville, and I'm Elder Dan Walker. I uh, come across the scripture, it's been some time ago now, that I knew I wanted to share one of these uh, opportunities come up. And uh, it comes out of uh, Leviticus. And uh, like a lot of the scriptures that Christ puts before us, or God puts before us, whichever the case might be, it comes with a, it comes with a, you do what I want you to do, and I promise this, I will do this for you. As I meditated on that this afternoon, when I was trying to take a nap and it wouldn't let me alone, I got thinking about... <laughs> God puts these uh, rules, these requirements, if you will, before us. And if it wasn't for the promise that he gives us with all of them, almost all of them is a promise, if we just live the way he wants us to, to do, to follow his leadership, to do as he says to do, our lives would be much better. At 70 years old, I've got a little bit of perspective of what comes, what's behind me, more so than what's ahead. And... Uh, as you start looking back on your life, I can see more mine's been better and worse at different times and places. But it's certainly been better over the last, say, 35 to 40 years when I started getting back, getting involved with the church and following the, those guidelines and dictates. And uh, so I just want you to think about that aspect of it. If, if you didn't have the promise that goes with much of this, do this and I'll give you this idea, how much better your life would be just based on simply doing things the way he tells you to do them because his way of doing things are better than ours. Now, Charity, now out of Leviticus. If, we walk, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you rain in due season and the land shall yield her increase and the trees of the fields shall yield their fruit. And your threshing shall reach to the vintage and the vintage shall reach to the sowing time, and you shall eat your bread to the full, and dwell in your land safely. For I have respect, for I will have respect unto you, and make you fruitful, and multiply you, and establish my covenant with you. And you shall eat, eat old store, and bring forth old because of the new. And I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. And I will walk among you, and will be your God. And ye shall be my people. 
Let us continue then with the singing of hymn number seven, the second tune, hymn seven. Eternal Heavenly Father, it is in the holy and blessed name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, we call upon your name this night to have the angels over above and uh, to sing with us as we uh, prepare the people to uh, listen to those words that you've placed on my brother's heart. And I know Father, Brother Matt is uh, joyful and happy to step into his duties and responsibilities. And I know that you love him and you love us. And I would pray, Father, that you would send your good spirit to be with us this night, that it would be in tune, we would be in tune with it, and that we might find that joy and happiness that it it can only bring to us. May we truly keep his commandments and do your will. May we find our way into the city of Zion, that light upon a hill, that we might uh, be the people that you would have us to be. Father, we thank you for the blessing of the day we've had, for it was a day created just for us. And we are in this life at this time just for us. Father, praise you and thank you for all that you provide, and especially for your Son, who is the most holy, the most high, even our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name I pray. Amen. For the scripture this evening, we are going to read out of the book of Isaiah, the 41st chapter and the 13th verse. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. 
I know I've said this before, but standing up in front of a class of high school students is probably one of the easiest things I can do. I don't get nervous. Standing up here talking in front of you all, that's hard. And it's maybe not so much the talking, and uh, Dan and I were talking earlier, but it's the responsibility of the message that I'm supposed to provide. The message that has been placed on my heart to give to you. So Isaiah 41.13, and it's interesting how things work out. How um, the... the um, thoughts, the ideas, the testimonies that come to my mind and to my heart to put on paper to provide to you um, and the scriptures that are chosen and the songs that are chosen are no longer a coincidence um, anymore. They're there for a reason and they are put together for a reason. Sorry, I got glasses about a month ago. I feel older now. Um, my students tell me I look like a math teacher. I teach social studies. I don't know where to go with math. Um, so I'll be taking them on and off. I'm still trying to get used to them, so my apologies with that. But the, the scripture talks about how the Lord um, is holding his right hand out to help. And so in... in, in um, that scripture coming to mind and in um, the ideas and the testimonies that came to mind, it, things um, came together where um, I'm supposed to talk to you about the obstacles of life. Now, um, when I thought about that, I thought about hiking. I thought about going on a hike. Um, we've been on, as a family, we've been on several hikes, and there are um, two kinds of paths that you can walk along. One is very smooth. It is paved, it is easy, there are no inclines or declines, easy strides, but because it's so easy, the reward is small. The reward at the end is not as great. And then you have those other paths that are very rocky, they're difficult. There are obstacles to overcome in this path. But because of those obstacles, your faith is strengthened, but so is your body. Your steadfastness in life is strengthened, but the reward is great. Now, what came to mind was um, five or six years ago, we went to Estes Park, and we decided to take a, a hike up to Bear Lake. And Bear Lake is uh, north of um, Estes up in the mountains. So... At the time, Crosby's around two years old, Hudson would be four, and Hadley would be a seven. But Crosby, um, we would put in that backpack. Everybody knows the backpack. You're wearing the backpack, the kid sits in the back. You can put the stuff, the extra stuff in the bottom. Um, so you're talking 30 or 40 pounds, maybe 25, 30 pounds, whatever he was at the time, um, in the backpack, plus the extra stuff. Carrying Hudson at some point in time. So that's an extra 30 or 40 pounds, maybe 50. And then holding Hadley's hand. And so we are walking up to Bear Lake. Walking over boulders, walking over roots. Having to concentrate on what I am doing, and the path is not easy. 
If I take my concentration off my steps, if I do not focus on the path before me, if I look up and try to look around to see what is around me, I lose sight of what I'm supposed to do. I lose sight on the fact that I'm supposed to protect. I'm supposed to uh, make sure that everybody is okay. I lose sight on the goal. Now, the burden of the backpack starts to become a little heavy. It starts to kind of dig into your shoulders. You guys have been there. You know what I'm talking about. Now, the weight of the struggle, of the responsibility, becomes greater as well. Now, the Lord gave me broad shoulders. I can carry some burden. I can carry some weight, too. But it starts to weigh on you at some point in time. And you have to have help because you can't do it alone. So Heidi is there. She's helping. She's helping to carry part of the burden, part of the load. But what we have to remember, and from the scripture, is that the Lord has his right hand out. He is there to help you, to pick you back up, to help carry the load and carry the burden. And we cannot... I emphasize that we cannot do it without him. The promise that was spoken about earlier is the reward at the end. So I concentrate on the path. I step over the roots. I step over the boulders. I am taking my steps carefully. I am following the path that is set before me. And we get to the lake and it is picturesque. It is the most beautiful scene I had ever witnessed in my life. The water is crystal clear, 10, 15, 20 feet deep. You can see all the way to the bottom. It is early spring. Well, I'd say it's June, so early spring in Colorado. There's still some snow on the ground. The birds are chirping. I mean, think of the most beautiful sight you've ever seen, and that is it. But the path to get there was hard. It was a struggle. It was heavy. And the burden weighed. But the reward was great at the end. So concentrating on the task, concentrating on the path, especially the path that the Lord has given me to lead, to help, and to protect the ones I love, but the reward that the Lord provides, the blessings at every turn, every corner, at the end of every path are greater when we have those obstacles in front of us. It is our faith in Him that provides the direction we are supposed to walk, a guidepost for our lives, and the view at the end will be like nothing we have ever witnessed. Now, you can put opportunities and obstacles in the same context. Because opportunities, well, your obstacles are opportunities for growth. We don't get better without some sort of strain or some sort of struggle. And it's like coaching a sport. Your athletes don't get any better if they don't lift, if they don't run, if they don't hurt just a little. Then they don't have the sweet without having that bitter. You don't get better. So in the spring, I get the opportunity to coach track, and I coach javelin. And you guys know it. I mean, javelin's like a seven-foot-long, eight-foot-long spear that they have to throw. Um, and the technique is 
is very important for them to learn. So we're at a track meet. Um, and it's a very big track meet. Um, we're at KU Relays. And so these young ladies are getting ready to throw. It is on a Friday. <clears throat> we walk up to the stadium, and this is one of the biggest environments that they've had to throw at. There's 10, 11,000 people. And so we walk into the grandstands. And down on the field, so there's a football field. It's not where they play football, but there's a football-sized field down on um, at the bottom of the grandstands with a nine-lane track around it. It is a very big environment. And so we get up to the grandstands, and I hadn't told them yet, but we get up there, and they're looking around, and they're just kind of in awe. And I say, <clears throat> ladies, you get a throw right down there in front of all these people. And just this nervous and scared look is on their face. They've never had to perform in, in front of more than like maybe 10 or 15 people. And now it's thousands. And so I tell them, hey, it's time to go to the, the warm-up area. And one of them turns and says, is, is, it okay? is it okay if we have a prayer? What? Yeah, y- Yes. Of course. This is an opportunity. But the obstacle is, in public education, can we? So the Lord places obstacles and opportunities in front of us. We have to take it. And I ask them, I say, are you guys okay with that? And they say, yes. There's only three of us standing there. And I say, well... Who wants to do it? And they both look at me and they say, well, coach, you're going to do it. Okay. Here we go. So we pray. So we circle about in the middle of a crowd. At the top of the grandstand is where everybody started to congregate. And there's just three of us. And we are circled there. And we begin to pray. And I'm praying for guidance. And I'm praying for their um, nerves to be calmed. And I'm praying for um, their path um, to be straight. And um, for them to walk away from this with a lesson to be learned. I'm not praying for them to throw far. I could care less how they throw. It's if they can grow from this moment. So we get done praying. And you imagine 10,000 people in a grandstand. The PA system is loud. Everything is really loud. But the silence was deafening. You could hear a pin drop. And we got done with the prayer. And they step back. And one of them says, wow. That was powerful. And... It was a moment for me that I will always remember, but it was also a moment that they will always remember as well. Have you heard of the butterfly effect? Where a butterfly flaps its wings, and so the theory is a butterfly flaps its wings, and a thousand years later, because of that butterfly, there is a storm created somewhere on the earth. The opportunities that God gives us are butterfly effects. 
Because that opportunity right there with those two young ladies will have um, waves throughout time in their lives. And they will spread that to other people. That joy, that hope, and that grace. And those people will spread it to others and it will reach thousands of people. If I would not have taken that opportunity, that would not have happened. But it wasn't just the three of us. Matthew 18.20, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. It was everybody around us as well that witnessed that. That was a part of that whether they were with us or not. It affected everybody. And that is what will vibrate through time. We are placed where we are, when we are, and with whom we are for a reason. We should not question the reason as long as we gather in the Lord's name. Now, I have... I have um, Prayed at school by myself before. Um, I have, you know, provided testimonies to the FCA at school before. I have never had the opportunity where a student asked me to pray. That is my first time in 18 years of teaching. And that was amazing. But we have to take those opportunities. We have to get beyond the obstacles that are set before us, we can't avoid them. We can't say no. Because the Lord is placing those obstacles in front of us for a reason. <clears throat> John fourteen sixteen says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto thy Father but by me. It's not an easy path to get there, though. There are obstacles in the way. There are boulders to climb. There are crevices to get over. There are roots to walk over. There are steps. There are struggles. And there are trials and tribulations. Because if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Everybody would be okay with it if it was easy, but it's hard. <clears throat> so his scarred hand is outstretched, reaching for us. We, during those obstacles, have to make sure that we reach back. <clears throat> have you ever found a time where you try to do something on your own? You just can't do it. Fixing a car, fixing something on a house mowing the yard, doing whatever it may be, and you just struggle because you're, you're with your own understanding. I can do this. I can do this. But then you stop and you pray. And all of a sudden, it becomes a little bit easier. Because when you do it on your own, it's when you get frustrated. And you start getting a little bit mad. And that feeling of anger starts to seep up. But then when you pray... When you bring the Lord with you and you allow him to help you, there's a peace that comes over you. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace 
wherein, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience, experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Now, if we define a tribulation, a tribulation is a cause of great trouble or suffering, a state of great trouble. You can put tribulation and obstacle in the same sentence. They're interchangeable. But a tribulation is a noun. Similar words that you see with tribulation are worry, anxiety, burden, hardship, difficulty, issue, tragedy, and obstacle. A tribulation is an opportunity. An opportunity to grow. An opportunity for us to become closer to God in our faith and to strengthen our faith in Him. Now, we've all had tribulations. During my time, I've had many tribulations, and I believed that each one that I experienced was the worst thing in the entire world that was going on at that time, at that moment. The worst situation imaginable at that time. My tribulation at that moment, was my Everest to climb. Now, Mount Everest being the tallest mountain in the world, there are many who have climbed it. There are many who have died climbing it, and there are many more who have come down. Our tribulations can either make us stronger or they can destroy us. If you use God's help, if you reach your hand out during your tribulation, He will bring you down out of the mountain. Now, in your descent, what you will find is something greater. You will will find and notice a change in yourself, something that makes you stronger. You will find improvement, a word that is not often used today, but you will find resiliency that was not there before. If you work through your tribulation with the Lord, and you depend on Him. Now, through my tribulations, He was molding me. He was making me into the person I am today, just as a potter does with clay to make a vessel that serves a purpose. The Lord is creating us to serve a purpose. And he is giving us trials and tribulations, obstacles and opportunities for that purpose. Now, what's the question that we all tend to ask? Why? Well, we don't need to know why. We just need to be open to those opportunities because you never know when they come. That Friday of that track meet, I I would have won or lost a million dollars. If somebody said, hey, I bet one of those girls are going to ask you to pray. These are tough. Like, they play softball in the the fall and all summer long. They slide into base and they get... These are tough girls. These are big, tough girls. Uh, You you, you want me to say a prayer for us today? Sure. 
Yeah. No, I wouldn't have expected that to happen, but it did. I could have said no. I could have said no, (laughs) no, no, because I don't want to get in trouble. What's the reward in that? There isn't one. The trials and tribulations, the obstacles and opportunities that we face are not easy. They are hard. There is nothing that says, the task I have for you, it's simple. The reward is greater in the end when they are hard. James 1.12, Blessed is the man that resisteth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. For it is through these trials that we find peace, comfort, love, and above all, the grace of the Lord. Let me read that to you again. Because it is through these trials that we find peace, comfort, love, and above all, the grace of the Lord. He makes us stronger. We find a resiliency that we did not find before in these trials and tribulations. We find improvement in ourselves, And our faith is strengthened if we allow it to be. The first song that we sang talks about Jesus knocking on the door. And the picture out in the foyer has Jesus knocking on the door, but there's no door handle to open. He cannot open it for us. He cannot grab our hand and put it in His to get Him to help us. We have to be willing to do it. And for the longest time, I was not. For years, I was unopen to His help. I wouldn't take it because I could do it on my own. And I struggled. Man, I struggled. For a long time. Just as on that path to Bear Lake, I was helping my children um, to get to safety, for lack of a better term, or to get to the end of the path. The Lord is doing the same for us. We are children in His sight. And we must learn as children and continue to learn as children. It seems like, as an adult, the older that I get, there are certain situations that I just avoid. And I don't know if that's kind of the hardening of my heart to certain people or situations, but I I try to avoid... um, The word that comes to mind is conflict. Drama, if you want to go with a high school term. But is that the right thing for me to do? Because I can provide a testimony in those situations as well. But I need to have the vision of and the heart of and the mind of a child to continue to grow for the Lord to provide those opportunities to me. I have to be okay with that. Because he's always teaching us. It doesn't matter how old we are. We're always learning. 
We better be. So we, at home we have a stove that, um, it's a glass top. And it gets hot. It turns red. I think there was one instance where Crosby reached up and touched it. Hey, buddy, that's red and it's hot and you shouldn't touch that. And he learned. But now he knows. And we're there to help our children learn how to crawl and walk and run and be creative and live. But the Lord does that for us too. And we can't, we can't think just because we are a certain age that we know better. We have to continue to be open to that. We have to continue to grow and learn in our faith. We have to be able to not fear the dark any longer, to not fear the unknown, to believe in the protection and strength of the Lord, and to replace fear with hope. So I came to the conclusion that I was more afraid of the, the confrontations or the drama than it was that I just disliked them. I didn't want to be around it because of fear. Now there are two things that are... That, that can not kill your faith, but that can take your faith away or downgrade it. And that is doubt and that is fear. And those are the things that if we let them seep in, they, they hurt the relationship that we have with the Lord. We have to continue to grow. We have to use the Lord's guidance. We have to reach out and take his hand and allow him to walk with us. We have to learn to trust in him. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Be afflicted for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We have to be willing to ask for help. 1 Peter 5, 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I tell students all the time, they don't hand in work, or they don't get something done, or they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, and I'm saying, why? I say, why are you, are you doing this to yourself? Well, I didn't want to ask for help. Oh, okay. Well, all you have to do is ask. And I'm there. I'll help you 100%. Doesn't matter what it is. Let's go. Let's roll. I'll help you. But the same is for us. I can give all the advice in the world. But I have to be willing to listen to it and take it as well. And I have to ask for help from time to time. When I say time to time, I mean every second of every day of every year. Because I can't do it on my own. I tried. And it didn't work out very well for me. Just as Jesus has been uplifted... We've been uplifted and saved from the rubble as well, but we have a purpose. Just as the potter is molding clay, 
for a purpose. We have a purpose as well. Our purpose is to serve the Lord, to follow his commandments and the promise at the end. Now, are those commandments always easy to follow? By no means. Our job and our purpose is to do his bidding and follow his guidance. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Trust in the Lord. Do not fear the world around you. Fear kills your faith. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Follow the path that He has set before you. Remove the obstacles with faith and trust because with your faith and trust, they no longer become obstacles. They become learning opportunities. It's amazing when you change your viewpoint in what's before you, how easy it becomes and how easy of a task it can be to accomplish. Do not doubt, for doubt is the enemy of faith. It provides cracks in your foundation and prevents your faith from growing. Just as we hold the hands of our children to help them learn to walk or cross the street, they depend on us and we depend on the Lord. And lastly, we need to remember to reach for the Lord's hand when we are facing obstacles. Because it is only through Him, and only through Him, that we get to where we need to be. How simple is that? How easy is that? Just ask. Ask for help. Now you are going to, the Lord is going to work through you to help others, or He's going to help them directly. But that's our job. But we have to be willing to ask for help. I have to be willing to ask for help. Otherwise, I will fall flat on my face. And I do every single time when I try to do it on my own. Trust in the Lord. He is there for you. We'll now sing him 207, at which Brother Mark will bring our benediction. 207.
riches and eternal heavenly Father, what a joy it has been to worship thee this day, for thou art truly a God worthy of our worship. We do love thee, Lord, and we do hope that our lives show it. We ask thee now that the spirit that thou hast given us this day might continue to be with us as we leave this place. Let it guide and direct us and keep us from harm and danger and send angels to go along with us too. This we ask in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.